and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. It's the episode you've all been waiting for. It's the romance episode. Every, everyone, you know, we've gotten a lot of feedback on Twitter and on the internet at large. And by that, I mean, we've gotten no feedback. Everyone's saying, where's the, where's the hot and heavy episode? Okay. This is the episode that immediately precedes Valentine's Day. I'm Illegal 86, sounding as sultry as ever. Nerd Bomber, give us your best sultry. I don't know if I have a sultry voice. I have like, I, I got nothing. I'm sorry. Sultry is all about confidence. I have no confidence. That, that, was, that wasn't that. We'll work on it. Tactic, do you want to try and one-up her sultriness wise i'm good okay that was good see i feel like for guys you can just like drop your voice it's easier and you can have that yeah, like smooth suave sound whereas i can't do that i mean i can I, I, this is my best low voice impersonation hey baby that isn't he baby we're gonna go horrifying <laughs> i hated both of those honestly this look this isn't the love episode okay i was kind of joking i like we could do a love secret segment we could like I don't know. I don't even know what that would be. This is we're going to be talking about regular topics in this episode. If you want a love episode, maybe that can be the post Valentine's Day episode. I don't know. We'll get back to you. But for today, we have some other topics to talk about. We're going to be talking about Sony and Bungie again. They're back in the news for a somewhat different reason this time, although not a super surprising one. Another topic making an appearance after many common appearances. It takes two back in the news again, which I know all of us have played. And then we have to talk about Madam Web and more specifically. Technic is going to have to explain to me in detail, as I'm hoping he's prepared to do, who who Madam Web is. Because look, I don't know, I don't know. This is this is not. We, we we can start with this one because I feel like this is this is maybe the biggest piece of news. So here's here's the scoop. All right, Dakota Johnson. You guys all know Dakota Johnson. Why do you know Dakota Johnson? Fifty Shades of Grey. Is there is there another reason to know for me to know who Dakota Johnson is? For, she's let's start done, with that. She's done several movies, but she was in that movie with Shia LaBeouf, uh, Peanut Butter Falcon, which was. Oh, that's a good Quite movie. Good. Is she the one who's related to Mick Jagger? Or am I thinking of somebody else? No, she's not related to Mick Jagger. Hold on. I got this. Okay, so she is related to Melanie Griffith and Don Johnson. Don Johnson. He was the guy from uh, Knives Out. That's a good movie. Anyways, Dakota Johnson will be playing Madam Web. This is a Spider-Verse expansion happening with Sony. They're looking to expand upon their Marvel success, obviously in light of everything that happened in Spider-Man No Way Home. Hint, hint, see our secret segment for kind of a spoiler cast about that from last month what i'm excited about what i, what I want to make specific mention of sj clarkson attached to direct now listing off some of her accolades previous screen credits heroes which for, at least for the first couple seasons was a great show fell off the wagon with that show but the first two seasons were awesome dexter you guys all know how i feel about dexter the defenders and jessica jones give her some marvel kind of flavor and then most importantly the show that i'm watching right now i talked about it last week succession succession's still good by the way spoiler alert for my what are you up to wednesday obviously a great pedigree there screenplay has already been written so madam webb aka cassandra webb i'm confused because when i so i have an article in front of me here from ign she isn't apparently an elderly woman now i don't know how old dakota johnson is She's but not that old. Elderly woman does not come to mind at all. Even the IGN article says that most likely she's not going to be playing the role of the elderly woman. She's going to be playing the role of Julia Carpenter, who, when Madame Webb, the original, is killed off, her powers and abilities get transferred over to Julia Carpenter. So that's what IGN's theory is. And to me, it seems pretty spot on. I mean, it just doesn't make sense for her to play this elderly woman. And most of her arc in with the way that that whole universe is heading is based upon younger people. Am I alone in kind of wishing, though, that we 
no offense to Dakota Johnson, but like I would have loved to see Meryl Streep. Baby. Yeah, Meryl Streep just donning a freaking Spider-Man costume and being in the MCU. See, but if they if they're gonna do that, they should do not Madam Web, but rather Aunt May as the when when Aunt May the universe that she became Spider-Man. Sally Field, Sally Field, that the Spider-Man. Uh, Give it to her me. time to shine. I would take that. Sally Field's a good actress. I, I so okay. So Julia Carpenter, apparently initially known as the first Spider Woman. So I guess my read on this. Well, which there's may be wrong, there's something even more important about the fact that she's Julia Carpenter. So Madame Web dies by the hands of Anna Cravenoff. And if you think, spoiler oh, alert, this is just tech text theories that are generally spot. This is comic. This is, this is comic lore. Yeah, go on. What that does is that open us opens up that world to be introduced into Craven the Hunter. And so we're going to potentially see him introduced in that Spider-Man universe. And so that's something to be really excited for, because that's a big bad against Spider-Man. And I think everyone's been kind of excited to see that. I think, like, Spider-Man No Way Home, and, and we, we've talked at length about it, again, secret segment, hint, hint, but... I think it's done something that no other Marvel movies, I don't, I don't even think Endgame did this, where after No Way Home came out, I have seen the internet blow up with theories about what's going to happen next in the Spider-Verse, theories about who they could get, who they could bring in, what big splashy things they could do. And I think, you know, when you see No Way Home, you realize they are willing to do almost anything. And like they are willing to make it as cool and as fan servicey as as humanly possible. So we already know that No Way Home, they've kind of built up the hype for the Sony universe and we're going to see new villains introduced from what we've seen in that. And so it's only fitting that we're going to see Craven. I just I just that's going to happen. I think what's really interesting to me about I mean, not necessarily specifically this movie, but the fact that it does exist and No Way Home kind of spawning this whole other Spider-Verse is, you know, we've had this interconnected MCU for it feels like a decade now with all of these different characters coming and going but spider-man really is a character that has a lot of his own standalone lore or i should say her because there are spider girls and spider women you know and i feel like something that this movie did by opening up that multiverse is we kind of now have almost two parallel movie universes that also have the opportunity to cross over with each other at any point in time like this could easily be a branch you know now i'm thinking about timelines and kind of thinking about loki how they always had like branching timelines like this is kind of now right. branched off you have an entire spider-man see you you know like anything can happen it doesn't even have to be related to the avengers sony now has a money-making juggernaut potentially on their hands and they could work with marvel to introduce them into the marvel universe but i mean i don't know how much like i don't know if the marvel cinematic universe has a ton of legs left and people might be upset at me for saying this but like yeah okay the tv shows on disney plus they were pretty successful, you know, like stuff like Hawkeye, I think did a really good job of introducing the next generation of characters. But there's still I feel like there's something lacking, especially when you compare it to the first wave of Avengers, if you will. I feel like they're going to have to work harder to get us invested in this group of characters. It's not the first time, right? They, they, they had the benefit. And granted, it was the first time, quote unquote, for like whatever, 15 movies. But it was the first time they were doing it. And it came to this culmination with Endgame. And we, we kind of said, okay, that's the gist of what they were doing. They executed it super well. And that was awesome. And a lot of us, I don't even think, asked what's next. I think a lot of us were like, that's good. Like, feel free to keep going. 
but I think we all reserve the right to kind of get off the train, so to speak. And so it is interesting seeing what the Spider-Verse, the Spider-Man cinematic universe, whatever you want to call it, they're maybe trying to do the same thing. Yeah, it could be its whole new train. Right. And I guess, you know, we've seen DC repeatedly fumble the ball. So to be able to see a company that's not Disney do this successfully, I think would be very cool. What I want is a gritty journalism tale about Jay Jonah. That's what I, I'm, I want J.K. Simmons headlining a drama in the Spider-Man universe. I said it. I'll say it. I'll say it again. I'll say it as many times as I have to. Well, I mean, we could even get something like Spider-Man Noir. Maybe, like, I don't know what kind of contract they have in place for... It's the guy who plays J. Jonah Jameson. Help me out. Oh, J.K. Simmons. I just yeah. said it. Yeah, I know. My It went in one ear and then I was, like, gone. I, I don't know what kind of contract they have with J.K. Simmons, but if they don't have him or the ability to bring him in in, like, a feature role, like, Spider-Man Noir could be a super cool movie. And they kind of touched on that in Into the Spider-Verse, which was a you know animated movie but like imagine they could do like a drama period piece type thing with that whole run of comic books which would be super cool right no yeah i want to circle back to madam webb real quick yeah that is the news so let's do that that's a good good idea (laughs) so the thing that's most interesting to me about this is the fact that they're the news is that they're introducing julia carpenter as madam webb i don't quite get that i think they would it'd be better to introduce her as spider woman being julia carpenter and ultimately that she becomes madam webb and the reason why i'm saying that is because the the way in which julia carpenter got her powers was via you know science experiment and she became a test subject kind of like wolverine where he was well after the mutant factor but he got tested on it's kind of this dark intro and then he became the person he was and similarly she became this similar to spider-man like person and then it was only after madam webb died that she gained these additional abilities and so why not introduce her as spider-woman have that gritty backstory and then keep going with the grittiness kill off madam webb and then you're just like holy trauma this person is rough and tough you know I feel like that would have been just better, but maybe they're just kind of getting little love kernels about what the story is, and that's what they might have latched on for the article. I think I think you're totally right that they're saying, yeah, she might enter the story as Spider-Woman, but she's going to exit it as this new, somewhat different, and therefore more exciting character of Madam Web. I don't know enough about the character yet. Like, maybe it's good. I don't know enough about the character. You know, they might be getting, they might be having their cake here and eating it too, in that they're skipping the origin story. They did, they, they did that with Spider-Man Homecoming, where they kind of had their cake and ate it too, where they were like, okay, you, you know the drill. He got powers. Like, at this point, it's like science experiment went wrong. Whatever. Who cares? They have powers now. Yeah, but everyone knows Spider-Man. No one really knows Spider-Woman, you know? And eh, it's the same broad strokes, though, is it not? And Well, no. Spider-Man's is more, like, lighthearted in that he's just kind of, like, on a field trip, do 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 got bit hers is like hey we want you to to go for this athletic training psych we're gonna inject you with stuff you know it's a little more hard it's a, it it's i suppose but it's still it's it's derivative like i don't know i think i think what they did could work what they did with spider-man could work with less defined characters too and just say all right let's hit the ground running here and let's let's allow the character to evolve when they already have 
their powers because the origin story it's not just about how do they get their powers it's that creates the whole arc of the movie then right it's okay they have these powers how do they deal with them and become a true virtuous hero blah 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 whatever let's go beyond that a little bit i i, I think maybe the, the the kind of thesis here and i'm i'm open to that the fact that i don't know much about madam webb maybe benefits this movie because i'm not there's some curiosity for me but i do want to add one more wish list item to like the spider-man multiverse thing that's going on nerd bomber you said a term before i believe you used the word period piece and you're talking about spider-man noir and all that Mm -hmm. when you think about like wonder woman even the first captain america which i initially did not like but really has grown on me superheroes in like the 1940s are freaking cool man i said it's all like the pre-technology stuff it makes it a little bit more compelling because i feel like now you can almost you can pull a Batman. You know, there's so much technology and weaponry and defense I mean, I've systems. About this on the show, I could become Batman if I wanted. Right, to. like if you had enough money, you could now make yourself like you could Tony Stark it or Batman it, right. and you can make yourself a superhero. But back then, you couldn't. Like that technology wasn't available. So it I mean, genuinely ima- did come down to they had superpowers. So what did they do with that? Imagine Spider-Man swinging around on skyscrapers that are like in the process of being built. Like, you know, that, you know that picture with the guy sitting on the beam eating lunch and it's terrifying? That famous photo? Mm-hmm. Put him up there. Like, I, I just, I think there's so many cool things you can do with that, that era of time. Even like the 1950s. And if you want to avoid World War II, fine. So, but like, so is this saying you guys are very anti then. the whole 2099 Marvel comics? I'm, I'm okay with that, too. I just like, to make a story about, oh, it's present day Spider-Man. It's just like, eh. You know what like, I think would be I get awesome? It. It's cool, but it's not as it's not as cool as what it could be. Uh, this has no basis in comic book anything. But you know how now I've been seeing like more trailers for the Batman. I think there was a trailer in something I just watched. Maybe it was I was watching. Very the excited about that, by the way. I'm 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 going to be seeing that very soon after it comes out. Stay tuned, everybody. But like having that darker serial killer vibe, and I don't know if they would ever do this with the Spider-Man character because, as Tactic said, like it's supposed to be, I guess, a little bit more light. But it's like quippy. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be quippy. Imagine. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Devil in the White City. This is actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be now a Keanu Reeves movie. I think it's a movie or maybe a series it adaptation was, on Hulu. But it was originally Leo, right? Might Is he, have been. Is he off that now? It, I think it Keanu was originally now. Leo. Okay. But essentially what happened... This is like a true story. So in the Chicago World Fair of 1893, and this is like in the midst of them building all of the skyscrapers and stuff in Chicago, because I read this book back in the day. There was actually like a, a real life serial killer who basically took advantage of the fact that the World Fair was there and there was a lot of people coming in and out and a lot of quote unquote lost people who wouldn't be noticed if they went missing. And I would love to see like a Spider-Man back in the day period piece where he is swinging among like all of these half finished skyscrapers and trying to find this killer. This is my pitch. Sony, right. feel free to do a, with it as a, you will. A Spider-Man mystery, so to speak. And yeah, that yeah. guy was nuts. He, he created was like a... absolutely nuts. He had a dungeon in his he, like hotel. He created like a house of horrors. Yeah, it was wild. I just, I think, I think the character himself or herself is just such a good character, but there's so much more you can do with it. And at this point, again, especially considering what we saw in, in No Way Home, like there's so many things they can do. And like as an audience, given the success of No Way Home, we're implicitly giving them permission to do those off the wall things. We're saying, 
mean, yeah, it, I mean, it sounds in crazy the on paper, but go do we were it. introduced to a gritty Spider-Man. It was Nick Cage's Spider-Man. Right, so yeah. He was a detective. Uh, that was his whole shtick. And that's cool. I just, like, there's, uh, at one point, I think they were going to make a Spider-Pig movie. I don't know if they are anymore, but, like, there's so much you can do. You can take every character from the Spider-Verse if you want and give them their own thing. So it's it's a great playground for them to be working in. Obviously, you know, this Madam Web stuff, super early early gelding there's no release dates or anything tied to this yet we, we mentioned all the details we had basically it gives us something to look forward to so look forward to it and uh let us know on on twitter at owb86 at owb technic at owb nerd bomber and our main show account at online warriors one what's your what's your off the wall spider-man idea spider-man goes to space well he, he already went to space that's not even off the wall that's that's on the wall get off the wall spider-man underwater i don't know just just let us know what, what, what you think what you want all that jazz we love to talk to you let's keep talking about movies i love movies you know that's no secret we talked about sony and bungie last week and this was a big acquisition 3.6 billion that's billion with a b and of course the potentially unsurprising thing to come out of this you know given what destiny is which is kind of this episodic epic thing they're talking about making movies so uh, this is a natural progression that like like the main thing i want to make clear here for the for the love of mike i don't even know who mike is in this scenario but mike for we pete's love sake you. for pete's sake and i don't know who pete is either can we let nathan fillion keep keep the voice acting role for kate six but like we took uncharted away from him already i'm still not happy about that can we give the man his due I, like i still remember like the the cool commercials that they made with kate six nathan fillion like because that is nathan fillion right i'm not making this up this isn't just in my head i'm almost positive it is if it's not i don't nathan know fillion. i'm gonna google that right now just to fact check myself but uh yeah i mean what do you what do you guys think about a destiny movie i mean you guys you guys play so, the destiny games enough i've said this before and i said this again you know we're moving out of the golden age of comics as far as comics become movies and we're moving into the golden age of video games where all of these ips are going to be started becoming movies and, and and i said this about a month ago and with every day that passes this is becoming more and more of a actual reality and you know what guys you heard it here first i'm just gonna go ahead and say that but with games like destiny it's it's it was never really meant to be the story game it was meant to be you know a looter shooter that you play with your friends right i don't really see that ip being a captivating movie i don't agree i don't agree i do not i do not agree at all well then we got different things out of it the reason why so when we played the beta test for Destiny, and I remember this very vividly, we were all still writing for the website nerdbomber.com. Stole my name from that. Sh- shout out to nerdbomber.com. Is, can they still, people still go there? Is it gone? No, it's it's gone into the ether of the universe. But I remember we just played- Just imagine it. Yeah, just imagine it. We played, I'm remembering this very vividly, we spent a lot of time playing the beta test for Destiny, and we- freaking loved it but part of the reason why we were so excited is because as we played it you know we got snippets there were cut scenes we're like oh this seems like a really rich world they're totally going to you know have this big epic story and make this squad shooter when all of this cool loot pull into this cool space epic of a story then we got the game and they instead decided to put all of the story lore online and you could come across the, yeah. it in the game, but it basically was like, refer to this website. I forgot what they called it, but it was like the Destiny... The Grimoire. Yeah. The Grimoire cards, I believe is what they were called. And yeah, so so it was... Well, and technically, I totally understand... There. Yeah, like, I totally understand why you, f- you feel the way you feel about this the thing, because they the lore is definitely there, but they they decided 
to give you know gameplay and maybe rightfully so they decided to give video gamers this option of like if you want to know more about the story and, and if you're if you're willing enough to go look you can get it if you don't then forget about it it's all good and like and, and even without the grimoire cards i hope i'm pronouncing that right i don't know that i am you still get a sense of the world it is and kind of just the premise of it i think provides a pretty expansive potential and again you know companies like sony they're not they're not going around dangling movie deals to people thinking it's going to be one movie they're thinking can we build the universe out of this and it, i think the answer is yes in this case and also by the way i was right nathan fillion going even further i guess nathan fillion has done voice work for a bunch of bungee titles halo 3 halo 3 to odst halo reach destiny and destiny 2 and halo 5 guardians so like come on guys like i, I just like come on do, do my boy nathan fillion right here i think he's he's perfect as cage six i think cage six is a critical character he's that kind of mr cool smart alecky character that he can be this cinematic universe is tony stark he can be this central character he can be a mentor character he can be anything you want him to be but i think the voice talent of nathan fillion is going to bring that home hear me out yeah and maybe this goes hand in hand because we're talking about nathan fillion and i feel like he is best known for his tv roles more so than any movies but i can't help but feel like making this into a movie is a missed opportunity because especially when i think of like a, a space epic or a sci-fi epic unless you're committing Mandalorian. yeah unless you're committing to like a 2 to 3 hour movie in the vein of lord of the rings you're not going to be able to do any movie or any property with this much expansive lore and especially like it's got two games and handfuls of dlc's worth of lore at this point you're not going to do it justice with just a movie I really don't think that they'll be able to give any of the the characters that you come across enough due diligence in a movie. And I think one of the reasons why that is especially too is because, yeah, you encounter all of these characters as you play the game. But from the game's perspective, this isn't like Destiny is not like The Last of Us where everybody is playing the same character. You know, you're a guardian, you're a nameless guardian who is with a nameless bunch of other guardians and a, and a fire team, I feel like they're going to have to do a good job of establishing the characters to make you care about them, especially if you're an outside person who's never played Destiny and has no interest in the IP. And I just feel like something like a TV show could do a better due diligence. Also, while we're talking I mean, about actors, I think it would be hilarious if they brought Peter Dinklage in as the ghost. And I totally agree with what you're saying. I, I, I think that doing something episodic but but like the expansions of destiny first of all expansions of destiny are typically around centered around a a much smaller story that gives you more raids to go on and things like that the story itself could probably fit into an episode of television Mm -hmm. and it lays out very simply in the sense of okay there's this team of guardians on this in this episode they're going to x place to fight y thing in the next episode they're going to z place to fight a like it's just it should lay out very easily. It should, and to make another Nathan Fillion connection, you can firefly this very easily. Mm-hmm. And you can take advantage of the IP and the lore that's available to you. And by the way, it should be pretty obvious, but you better believe Sony executives are looking at what Disney has done with things like The Mandalorian and have said, okay, we need to do that. And like, and you know, look what's happening with Halo now. Halo is getting its own television show. Technic was totally right. This is this is where things are heading, and it's a natural progression. I do hope. I, I think this article is actually pretty indeterminate as far as whether it's going to be movies or TV. The headline says movies, but it is open ended as far as what what these quote unquote multimedia projects could be. But do we know like? Does Sony have a deal with a specific streaming service? Because they don't have their own. 
Like I thought for a little bit they tried to do Crackle. That's a good question. And that didn't, I don't think that worked. But I don't know who they have a streaming rights deal with. I remember that when I tried to stream the second Spider-Man before seeing No Way Home, I had a heck of a time. Like you like couldn't find it anywhere. I think they may just be in the void right now. For all we know, this is their... Maybe they're throwing their weight behind this property to say, okay, we have a new streaming service coming and this is going to headline it, you know, but that's a really good question that I don't, I don't right now know the answer to. But yeah, it, it, this falls into, again, that kind of critical space where you want to give it the production value that a movie would give you, but you also want to give it the longevity that a show would give you. And Mandalorian just gives you both of those things. And it does so I, because they have a Disney budget. Is this going to get that kind of budget? Is it going to get that kind of carte blanche to like, okay, go and make us something that's going to be on that scale? I, I don't know the answer to that. Maybe but. not to the scale of that, but I think this kind of actually paints a clearer picture of maybe why Bungie did agree to the acquisition in the first place. I know last week we were talking yeah. about how they went through so much to basically be autonomous. You know, they split from Microsoft, split from Activision. So it seemed a little weird that they decided to get into bed with Sony. But when you look at the broader picture, I mean, obviously this didn't happen overnight. The folks at Bungie probably have been hoping they want to turn this into a larger entertainment universe. And who so better than the studio that brought one of entertainment's biggest move, like biggest grossing movies of literally all time to the screens just in the last month. Yeah. And the other thing that this is going to drive is, so we're, we're only talking about Destiny here, right? But what this is really also going to drive is the next game decision that they make on the next IP that they, that's going to be new that they create is going to be one that they can port in both movies and game. Yeah, f- for sure. So, so, so last year, actually Bungie, began hiring for a development role to quote-unquote drive projects that extend the Destiny franchise into new categories, including TV, films, books, comics, and audio formats. So yeah, I'm sure this played into the sale. I, I'm sure Sony said, we want to buy you because you are clearly thinking about doing things that we can help you do. It's an I scratch your back, you scratch mine situation. And that's probably part of why the deal went down. But it's this has a lot of promise to me. I'll need to learn more about the war because again, the war, I remember thinking, wow, this is, this has a lot of depth, but it, when you're playing the game, when you're doing what the game wants you to do, it goes by you. So, because so it, That uh, was always why it was so weird to me. And I'm someone who loves game lore. I'm playing a game and I'll talk about this later, but I stop and literally read everything. And it, to me, it, the, it broke flow. Like you have to make sure that your game lore what is compelling about it is that it like works in with your style of gameplay. And if you wanted to read anything about the lore, it, you'd have to stop and pause your mission and tell all of your squad mates, hey, man, wait, let me just go check out this grimoire card real quick. I'll be back. And like that. So no one's going to do that. I'm about to make you very happy. Do you know what game does that very well? What does? Mass Effect? Mass Effect. Spoiler alert for my What Are You Up To Wednesday. But the way it works, that lore, that deeper lore into the gameplay, basically... If you have a question about what something means, if, if a character says, oh, we have to go to bleep blorp to do bloop blop, and you're like, what's bleep blorp or what's bloop blop, you can ask immediately. And for someone like me who has no freaking idea, obviously, that's, that's amazing. Another, I think, critical bullet point here that we haven't mentioned and what, what might be critical to where this where this goes is the Uncharted movie. This comes out, I think it comes out this Friday. Uh, I have to, I'd have to look, but... I think the future of this project and, and, and all Sony video game based projects hinges very strongly on how that movie does. And I honestly don't know how it's going to do. I'm actually, I'm going to Google right now if there's any reviews out for it yet. I don't think there are, but yeah, that's, that's obviously critical. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, yeah, nothing, nothing's out yet. But yes, it does come out. No, no, it comes out two weeks. 
February 18th. So we have a little bit longer to wait for that. But yeah, lots to think about. But Destiny is a huge property. Sony is a huge studio. You know, you get you get the idea. So we're going to roll on here. Uh, we're going to roll into a break uh, before we come back to talk about It Takes Two. But before we roll into the break, of course... I want to break out a shout out for our good friend, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen is a night level supporter on our Patreon. He sits with us at our square table or rectangular table. He gives us weekly input into the game segment, which I am hosting this week. And he also gets this shout out. And of course, the occasional guest spot, which for him is coming up. So you want to be like Stephen. You want to be supporting us at our highest level on Patreon. You want to get access to all those sweet perks, which also include, of course, access to our monthly secret segment and vlog. But there's also a Squire level of support, which gets you access to the Monthly Secret segment and vlog. And there's a Page level, which gets you access to the Monthly Secret segment. All of these levels are important to help us keep the lights on, keep the mics on, keep the show running. We appreciate Stephen's support. We appreciate everyone's support that we've gotten over the years. And for more of the details on how to give back to the show, if you're listening for the first time and like it, or if you've been listening for a long time and like it, you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Check us out there. Thanks again to Stephen. We're going to take a short break for an ad read, and then we're going to come back and talk about It Takes Two. Do your feet hurt when walking around outside? Do you find asphalt to be too hot? Well, this episode is brought to you by Shoes. Keep your gross feet out of sight and protected. They come in slip-on, tie-on, and Velcro styles. You can get shoes at many vendors with promo code C-O-D-E-Z-F-A-K-E. That's C-O-D-E-Z-F-A-K-E. And remember, folks, no shoes, no shirt, no service. You know, we don't... We don't really do this on the air typically, but I have to just give a testimonial. I recently got a pair of shoes and it's just a revolutionary product. I mean, do you guys, have you bought in? I mean, I know we do the ad reach for the show, but have you bought into those at all? I I have a guilty admission here. I have like 10 pairs of shoes. I diversify and even have boots and slippers. So I haven't reached that point yet. I just, I just got my first pair of shoes, but uh, I'm going to be buying more very soon. So shout out to shoes. Let's talk about It Takes Two. We talked about It Takes Two a lot. We talked about Joseph Ferris. Ferris, Ferris, I never pronounced it right. We've all played this game to some extent. I I did not wind up finishing this game. This game, I started playing this game during a very transitional period in my life. More on that later, actually. But it was a very imaginatively captivating game is what I will call it. So it, of course, comes as no surprise. And in keeping with the theme of today's episode, which I think is make things into movies, Hazelight Studios is teaming with DJ2 Entertainment to uh, adapt it takes two for again it, it leaves it open-ended here film and television is what it says so we don't know which it'll be actually now i want to i want to preface this by saying i do plan on finishing this game at some point you should it was a fantastic game any spoilers should be avoided i'm just gonna say they're terrible parents that's all i'm gonna say well that well, but i mean that's kind of clear from the from the jump isn't it that's the whole point they're bad parents so they wind up and this is not a spoiler this is the premise of the game they're bad parents and so something i don't even remember what turns them into little borrower like people remember that movie the borrowers sorry i just pulled that reference out of clear out of nowhere remember the borrowers remember that like the little mice the bower no oh oh my gosh you guys can't even say the word the bower wow (laughs) (laughs) no it's the the borrowers this movie boy you guys should watch this movie they're little people they're a four-inch tall family. I'm, I looked it up on Wikipedia. I'm not just spitting this out. Four-inch tall family of borrowers who live among humans and co-op their possessions. So like 
they're eating dinner at a table, but the table is like a spool. You know, like it's one of those things. I believe Tom Felton was in this movie. Yeah, he was. Really? Draco Malfoy. This was before Harry Potter happened. He was in this movie. Came out in 1998. It's Little People. So that's that's what the connection is. You should watch this movie. It's an hour and a half long and it got a 73% of Rotten Tomatoes. Super low impact. Probably on Disney+. Plus. I feel like this is a Disney movie, though. I don't know that for sure. Anyways, it takes two. <laughs> Sorry, that was a huge digression. I feel like this, this could make, be... This makes sense. Yeah, this could be a really good family movie. I think maybe they'd have to tone down... I think... And I don't want to spoil it, but there is one the, specific the divorce scene. stuff. I mean, it's all <laughs> well, no, no not that's even that, not that's not even the the, there's the mortifying a specific scene. scene that's absolutely like mortifying, and I don't want to spoil it, but pretty much universally, when you everybody get to who, the elephant, you'll know. Is it like sex stuff? When you I'm get not, to the elephant, you'll know. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it, Come but on, like just, universally just, across just, the board, like it's it's an interesting thing to experience, and it's very like I don't know. Just tell it's me. unsettling. Is it, is it just? When just you get on the to air. the elephant, it, you'll it, know. That's all we're gonna. Is say. it a is it a sex thing? Just tell me. Yeah, come on, I can handle it. It is. I'm okay. not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. We're just trying to build hype for the game, really. Um, <laughs> you don't need to get. You don't need to get specific. I just now that I know it's a sex thing. Yeah, I'll be able to. I'll be able to sleep at night. I guess. I don't know. Anyway, but go on. Toning down that scene aside, I think this would make a really good family movie in the vein of like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, where it is a really realistic look at you know what maybe parents are going through in a divorce. I've never gone through a divorce, so I guess I can't speak to that. Um, knock on wood. But I think, Good you know, grief. With, Sorry. with the setting and all of the amazing set pieces that this game takes you through, like, yeah, a lot of the charm of this game was for sure the creativity and the uniqueness of how they implemented co-op play. And the fact that as you progress to the game, you know, the gameplay evolved and you never felt like you were doing the same things back to back. It always kind of changed up how you and your partner had to communicate working through the game. But the actual like set pieces of the game it themselves were also really incredible. And I know I'm saying set pieces a lot, but they really were. You go through, you're going through a garage and honey, I shrunk the kids fashion. You're going through yeah, it's a, a tree fighting squirrels who are dressed squirrel. as commandos. You're in a snow globe at one point. It's just there's a lot of really cool things that they could do to turn this into a movie or a TV show. I'm going to use a word here. Uh, whimsical. Yes. Is that, is that a fair? Can I use that word? Whimsical? Very whimsical. And I think the big thing for me and Tactic, I don't know if you would agree. And this is also going to be a little bit of a plug for one of our old episodes. But I think you have to keep the voice acting the same. If you're going to have it, obviously, like a not live action sort of movie, I think you have to keep the voice acting the same because I think the voice cast for this game nailed it. They were absolutely incredible. The emotions that they were able to invoke and the earnestness with which, you know, they had chemistry with each other and you could tell in their voice acting abilities and how that came across in the game. And I just I think you need to preserve that energy. And I think that would be a very key component to which I will say one of the voice actors, Joseph Balderrama, was actually great enough to come on our show for an interview. And you can find that on our website, onlinewarriorspodcast.com under the interviews tab. And he was super great to talk to. And I mean, his passion for the game was super evident. He played Cody, the main character. And it just, man, like I said, you got to keep the voice acting the same, in my opinion, if this is like a CGI movie. Right. I think as a family film, like, yeah, take out the elephant scene. Okay. I don't even know what it is, but I'm sure they're talking about that in boardrooms right away. They're like, all right, we got to take out the elephant scene and make this into a family friendly, family friendly romp that's going to go bananas at the box office we need we need more movies like that 
I will go out on a limb and say that. Like, as far as like what kind of animation this will be, I want something that's not Pixar. It's not Disney Animation Studios. I want like honestly, I think I think both of the renowned Joseph Farah's games should be movie potential because A Way Out was also very cinematic in the way it was done. And I tell you, that team is just doing they're doing good things. And they're all about co-ops. That's the other thing I wanted to mention is, you know. Do they TVify this and use a rotating perspective? I, I'm wondering if they're thinking at all about, okay, this is primarily a co-op experience. We want that to shine through even in on-screen form. How, how do they even, how, would, how else would they accomplish that, I guess, is an open question that I'm not necessarily right now expecting an answer to. But I don't know if they do. I almost wonder if you take the cutscenes as is, and then you just take the missions, the story missions, and condense them. Make them set pieces. Yeah. Yeah, make them, make, them. make them into set pieces. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I think we're, this is one of those topics where we're kind of all in agreement that this is a good idea, and it's just a matter of it happening. Is that is that is that fair to say? It's a good idea, then some. Right. What the sum is, I suppose we will find out. This is another one, you know, all the things we've talked about today are real early going things. Uh, DJ2, by the way, DJ2 Entertainment, uh, they recently did the Sonic the Hedgehog films. They also did the Tomb Raider anime series on Netflix, and they're currently developing a show based on Disco Elysium and a film based on Sleeping Dogs, which I played the demo for way back. They're turning Disco Elysium into a, a show? How did I miss that? that's what it says yeah i don't know i mean clearly this is their thing and you know with sonic i didn't know they were involved in sonic i'm not sure if it's the same sonic movies that thinking of but if they are wow they're doing a good job so shout out to them they're doing uh some great work for all of us gamer heads out there who also like going to the movies so dj2 entertainment so that brings us now to the moment we've all been waiting for the moment that nerd bomber's been waiting for for the mass effect debrief i don't know 10 years how long has this been in the works I, I mean, feel like I at you? least like it's been a decade. Yeah. It's like, when did I meet you? It was, I, well, I can back this out. I met you a little over a decade ago, but we didn't become friends, really like friends like this until, yeah, probably like 2012, 2013. So we're talking about 10 years, guys. This is a, this has been a 10 year incubation. I mean, this, this is exciting stuff. Like okay. probably one that's, of the first the conversations that we had, I was like, hey, my name is Nerd Bomber. Have you played Mass Effect? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first first conversation that. she has first conversation she has with everybody I've, I've seen it happen so mass effect of course the original came out in 2007 but i recently came into a copy of mass effect legendary edition which i think i mentioned a few episodes ago and i did finish spider-man miles morales i 100 percented it because that's who i am as a person and i'm not gonna apologize for it that game was great i don't i don't know if i want to give it too many column inches now because i've talked about it in the past couple of weeks and anything i would say just is a regurgitation of how good spider-man the original game was so i'll leave it at that you should play it if you haven't but mass effect so so my history of Mass Effect is that many moons ago, of course, Nerd Bomber got me a copy, a copy of Mass Effect. <laughs> it's for, it's, this was for Christmas. This, again, this was like, it had to be almost 10 years ago. Again, this was, this was part very of our, early on. This was one of our things. And this is a slight tangent, but I think we talked about this before where there were a couple Christmases when we were very poor and we were like, hey, this Christmas, let's just go into GameStop with $10 and find the cheapest games and you have a $10 budget buy some used games for each yeah. other let's go i think that was part of that allow me to highly recommend that process by the way especially for anyone who's like in college and has no money like like we were but i picked it up and played it and i was in grad school at the time which is again it's not saying much because i was in grad school for like seven years i did not get very far i don't remember how far i got but what i can tell you is that i've definitely gotten further <laughs> after playing it for basically one weekend started it this this past saturday i think and i've played it both weekend days pretty extensively and it lasted so more than like an hour 
I'm already impressed. Let me let me walk you through my current difficulty. Okay, so I've I've established I think my full crew. So I've gotten a hold of of the Krogan. I've gotten a hold of Garrus Vicarian. I've gotten a hold of the girl whose name I cannot remember because it's very complicated. You know. Oh, Tali. I thought it was Ashley. Tali. No, I, well, Ashley. Yeah, I also have Ashley and uh, Caden. Just kind of he kind of keeps a package deal. He kind of comes for free. But I, you know, the, the game starts and you have this mission that some, a, a thing happens. I don't need to get into specifics. And then you go to the Citadel as like a debrief. And my my sense is you're not supposed to be there very long. But here's the thing. <laughs> Did you explore every inch? You well when you when you're walking around the citadel, you well, you could be walking anywhere. And by the way, you're running. You're never walking because what the heck? You could be running around anywhere. And every single room in the citadel, every single walkway, every single cavity of that place has a person there who's like Commander Shepard. Hey, over here. And you go and talk to them, and they're like, Hey, do this thing for me. And I'm like, I have to. And so so that's been <laughs> like I I I've I've probably put in something close to five hours or something into this game already four or five hours somewhere in that area and i've spent so much time and i I would say i'm enjoying it still but i just today got off the citadel like i just finally was like all right i gotta i gotta start breaking some eggs to make some omelets here like i'm i'm just like running around like i'm i'm doing favors for the consort and i'm like i'm scanning keepers i'm doing all this stuff and i'm working out tiny disputes between citadel dwellers instead of like you know saving the galaxy or whatever i'm supposed to be doing so i did now i finally got to pharaohs i'm starting on pharaohs i had three choices and i'm just gonna start ping-ponging around now i have like 1600 side missions already to do and you better believe i'm gonna are you gonna try to 100 percent this game i'm gonna i i we'll, we'll see i don't know if i have the stamina it's clear immediately that like that will be very hard to do but I just said I did it in Miles Morales. That's the kind of person that I am. So it's going to be hard for me. I'm going to have to work through that, I guess, is, is my point. But the I, I think as a gamer, I've evolved significantly since I last tried to play Mass Effect. The upgrade system, which at the time seemed daunting to me and boring to me and all these other unpleasant adjectives to me, now I think flows very nicely. It presents a progression for me that I think I can get something out of. I may wind up eventually setting my squad members to like auto update or whatever, because that just, it's a lot. Right now mm-hmm. I'm doing everything. And it, there's even as not far into the game as I've gotten, there's satisfaction associated with that. I was surprised. Another, the last thing I want to mention before, because I know I'm taking a lot of time, we can move on. But I mean, you could take literally an hour and I would be so happy to hear you talk about Mass Effect. I don't, I don't want to get too far into the nuts and bolts, but like right away. You have to go do some mission at this bar at the Citadel to like, there's this crime lord there. You have to like, you, you kill him. Spoiler alert. You, you wind up killing him. Or rather, the Krogan winds up killing him. But I'm in this firefight with Garrus mm-hmm. as one of my boys. And he's like, he's a CSEC guy. He should be pretty good, right? Uh, he dies. And like, my, my understanding was like, when a character dies, they're dead. Uh, not so. Because he's he's cool. He's still with me. But like, he was clearly laying on the ground dead. And I I, I freaked out. Because I was like, oh man, I liked him. And I just, in this stupid little side mission thing that was like the first mission of the game, no, when I they, killed him. When they kill off characters, it's 100% story driven. So like... It's like cinematic. In the first yeah, one, I never lost a character because my paragon was just through the roof. Like I had, I had 100% my my paragon so everybody live but someone on this podcast lost the krogan Um, that's brutal it was devastating i'm not going to name names but it was hilarious for me to watch and hold it over her head for for forever yeah i will say when you permanently lose a character they make it very clear and you won't yeah it's not always easy to tell when you will actually make that decision but it's not going to be like they die in battle and you're done 
It's going to be like a very cinematic. Uh, I got you. Okay. Which, yeah, by the so, way, it's it was kind of cheap because the way that I had 100% Paragon was there's this, this planet with like monkeys on it. And I guess I found a glitch where every time I just like picked up a monkey, it would just you like Paragon points plus one plus one. But the monkey was like stuck. So it was just like plus one plus one plus one plus one plus one plus one. Plus one. So it was just fully maxed out. I got the achievement and everything it was great. I, I wish that I was the kind of person that could that could have a conversation with a car- an NPC and look at the dialogue options and be able to separate myself from, you know, the idea of like getting Paragon or Renegade points, whatever the other one's called, mm-hmm. and be able to just answer naturally the way that I would answer. I'm having a hard time with like, so I'm right now I have, what I will say is I have points in both. I think I'm slightly more Paragon, but like, I will usually in a conversation, I will angle towards like, I'm going to be a nice person. But then occasionally someone, I get impatient with someone and there's like, in like every conversation you have with someone, by the way, there's always like at least once in the conversation, there's an option for Captain Shepard or whatever, just say like, screw you. Just be like, I'm done with you. <laughs> and I think that's great, but I almost never take that route. But I, I, I will get snarky with people and they give me a hard time occasionally when I feel like it was what I would actually do. It, like you're, you're making this constant assessment of like, would I actually say this? Which is cool. And then, and like I said, if someone says, oh, the Geth are X and Y, I'm like, I don't know anything about the Geth. And it's like, learn more about the Geth. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. It's, it's a much more natural way that they work it into conversation it's pretty cool. It's actually interesting that you had said that you try to say the character how the, how that you would do it. But an old friend of ours, Firestorm, you remember his his, his I name. Do. He had told me what he does, and I've adopted that since. Where he right right when he starts a game, he says, "Okay, this is this character. This is going to be their backstory, and every single decision is going to be based on that fictional character." So now I have characters <laughs> right, that aren't right. that aren't me, so to speak. They're whatever ties to that backstory that I have generated. And I think that's a fantastic fantastic way to play video games i'm in your camp right you'll wear like i can't separate myself enough so then i end up just like skewing nice but also sometimes not that i'm not nice like i think i skew nice because i'm genuinely like i feel uncomfortable choosing the bad option but like you said like sometimes you just gotta say screw you because they're annoying and there's always like the neutral option too of like you can just kind of answer affirmatively but not like shower praise on somebody and sometimes that also feels like the better option but the thing about like like the paragon like if you be nice people you get other dialogue options and i'm like i want those options so it's for me it's like that simple of like i want to be able to unlock more things to do and this is this is a way of of doing that and also like if you're nice people they give you additional missions after you complete one stuff like that it it, it makes a lot of sense but it is funny like going back to what you said tactic about like oh you want to you want to take a backstory and base the character around that based on what this character's backstory currently is what i understand it is he went through some horrific military mission and i don't think like he probably wouldn't be that nice after that like if now he's the nicest guy ever right if there were any political dealings he was involved with i'd I'd, of course if i was him be like no to hell with you to hell with this you're not listening to me screw you i'm i'm gonna take my ship and go home like that kind of thing so it is a little discordant i i would think hey but like maybe he's one of those people where he experience some kind of trauma and like bounce back the opposite way where he's like this is my second lease on life let's let's do this let's make it positive impact here it's possible it's also it's very fun a specific conversation i remember is like after that first mission spoiler alert some they they some guy just like immediately dies seems like jenkins or something he immediately dies and you see him die and there's nothing you can do about it and you get back on the ship after that first mission and you've you've met this girl ashley and you can have a conversation with her and i went up and did it and she was like oh man i'm i'm really sad about jenkins and 
I selected like the paragon option of like, how are you holding up? And she's like, I'm doing okay, but it's really tough, you know? And then like the next, I gave me another three options and the bottom renegade one was like, get over it. Soldiers die. <laughs> and I said that one. So like, I immediately went like, I'm nice. To, I'm not nice. It's like, I'm trying to keep people on their toes or something. I don't know. It must be very confusing for NPCs to have conversations with me. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to be interesting. And I think I, I think I hit the mark there in that in that i was really nice to her it was really comforting and then i was like you need to grow up <laughs> it was just like very i remember thinking like this is fun so anyways that's yeah I, I that's really all i have going on at this point i'm still watching succession but there's not much to say there but your overall enjoyment level because i know after the first time you tried to play this you were like this game is not for me it is never for me i did not like it i will not play it where would you say you fall on the enjoyment meter so it's definitely for me i i still have I would, I would characterize them as mild concerns about the scale. Like if I try to perfection my way through this game, it's going to get, it's going to get away from me. There's no doubt about it. So I need to work through yeah, I psychologically. Think being able to like, pick and choose your side missions, I think is a very key component to finishing the game because you could easily make each of these installments like a 150 hour game. And then, like you yeah. said, that just gets away from you. So it's just like it's balancing, finding the balance. Right now, I'm just kind of like yes manning everything. And that's probably not the right way to, to do this. So I, I'll keep you updated on that. But yeah, that's don't expect any video game updates from me for a while other than like I'm still playing Mass Effect. And like I'll be like this character just died or something. I might say that, but it's going to be a while on that one. So yeah, that's that's it for me. Nerd Bummer, I know you had a couple of things you wanted to you, you kind of hinted earlier at, at some things, so I'll take it away. Yeah, so game-wise, I finished Kena Bridge of Spirits, which was a very, very good game. It was about 10 hours. Very, it was a, I would consider it very close to like a, a Zelda game or like a Breath of the Wild, where it's kind of like this vast, beautiful world littered with puzzles and, but they still kind of direct you to like the missions that you have to do. Like you get three or four missions at a time, and then you just have to check them off your map to move forward. And I will say that the story was very, and I, I said this in my like mini tweet review, very poignant. It was very heavily centered about grief and loss and how people can be trapped in, I think this is actually almost a direct quote, like a prison of their own grief. So considering how cute and kind of like pretty the atmosphere of the game was, I think the story was very heavy, but also like, I think very touching and important, I guess. So that was definitely a very good game and I'm very glad that I played it. And then I did start playing Guardians of the Galaxy, which is actually Tectic's game that he got for Christmas, but he insisted that I play it because he's in Pokemon Land right now. I haven't even cracked it open myself yet, but I was so nice. I said, listen. He insisted. I was this like, is this just building cool. dust. I want it to be played. And it's really, really good. Like, you play as Peter Quill, but obviously the Guardians of the Galaxy, like, you're a squad. You have teammates who have different abilities than you. Every person on the Guardians team has different strengths. And the way that they've managed to incorporate, you know, directing your fellow teammates during a battle and using everybody's skills is pretty smooth. I, I was kind of skeptical. I thought it would be very clunky, but it was very, very smooth and easy to do. The atmosphere of the game itself, I mean, you're constantly, the entire game is backgrounded by actual music from like the 80s, which is incredible, like for the atmosphere yeah, that's of the awesome. game. It's just super fun. It's, it's, I would imagine that's critical to the experience just okay. based on what the movies are and all that. So that's really cool. And then the writing in the game 
I, I guess I didn't think the story would be that important, but the relationships between the characters and the dialogue and just the wit, like as you're going through the game, yes, there, there are cinematic cutscenes and conversational cutscenes where the characters are having interpersonal, meaningful conversations. But there's also, you know, as you're traversing through a level, they're all talking to each other oh, and yeah. you're getting story bits as they're moving around. Tell, and them, tell them that one line that Groot said. I am Groot. Solid. But even like beyond just combat, like it's a linear game, but they've also instituted decision making akin to like a Mass Effect or even like telltale decisions. Like you'll get, you'll have a conversation in the background as you're moving through a level between different members of the team, different characters, and it'll give you the option to pipe in. And then you have multiple selections and that will dictate how the people on your team are feeling about you. And even making decisions about how you want to progress in a level will give you different gameplay options. Because there was one thing, and I did look this up after I made my decision because I just wanted to make make sure I didn't like really F up my game, but I made a decision and then I looked online and if I would have made the opposite decision, my play experience for the rest of that mission would have been completely different. It would have been completely different enemies, completely different like tasks that I had to do. So I'm very, very surprised by this. You get a lot of replay value then if you want to go back and play it the other way. Mm -hmm. So I'm very pleasantly surprised. I'm absolutely having a blast. It's really, really great. I would definitely recommend. I'm about halfway through right now because I looked up how many chapters there are. So I'm about halfway through in terms of chapter number. But I have been plowing through this game just because it's so darn fun. Really love it. And other than that, I think we watched Being the Ricardos. Which made me sad. That's pretty much all yeah. I have to say about that. That made me really sad. <laughs> that sounds sad. right. That like, sounds right. Lucille Ball was not a very happy woman. That was so sad. I love Aaron Sorkin, but I don't know if I have the stomach for that movie. That's kind of where I am with it. But, yeah. Yeah. Tactic, take us home here. Okay, so I have finished my drone build, and I will be posting a video shortly on the progress. I'm just waiting on exchanging one of my components that unfortunately received kind of broken, but I was still able to put it together and make sure it all worked. So I just got to get my radio exchanged and then I will post the video for you guys to see how I did it and what components I picked. The other thing is I have been playing Pokemon Legends of Arceus. This game is honestly probably one of my favorite Pokemon games of the late age of Pokemon. I mean, it's been a while since I've found one that really holds a light to some of the stuff in my childhood. And this is just a new, fresh experience that doesn't just feel like the same exhausted formula. And it's nice. They they did it really, really well. I'm finding myself similar to Illegal with all the side missions where I'm just getting just absolutely engrossed in those kind of tasks and catching them all. And I'm not really worried about the main story. It's just this fun, expansive universe that I can explore. And then the last thing is we watched a movie called The Silk Road. And I got to tell you. Yeah, this is a true story. This is based on a true story. Um, they took some liberty with it. And it's the, it's the story of... Yeah, it's got that guy in it. It's the story of this kid who made The Silk Road. It's a real website, or it was, for buying paraphernalia online and getting it mailed to your house. And it's kind of this interesting story and, and how he got caught and all this other stuff. And uh, worth the watch. It's definitely drama. I got a little sweaty from here and there, but solid movie. 10 out of 10. I'd it's say. interesting because like, I don't think any of the characters, and it's funny calling them characters because these are like real life people. I don't know if any of the characters were super likable. And I mean, it stands to reason because I this is obviously not a spoiler because this is based on true facts, but like the main players are in jail. So obviously like they're in jail. 
but that was it was interesting nick robinson by the way when i was saying that guy i meant nick robinson the guy who was in love simon and a couple of other things you'll, you'll know his face when you see it uh yeah th- that one looked interesting i might check that out uh where is it streaming somewhere yeah somewhere? it's on hulu oh right on cool cool so yeah that's that's about all i got well that means we're going to quiz town uh, we're on a one-way train to quiz town i'm the conductor this week and this is i will say i've made a lot of quizzes for this show uh, the more you win, the more quizzes you make. That's that's kind of the way it goes. And uh, this is definitely the, the this is the easiest topic I've ever had to administer in terms of like finding questions and finding all these numerical facts about it. But first, update on the rankings. Uh, I'm at three and zero. Technic at one and two. Nerd Bomber at one and two. So I'm the undisputed super champ at current time. But there's a, look, there's a lot of year left. Okay, I'm not getting big in my britches. I don't even wear britches. Hey, Who wears last britches? year They're not. Tactic brought it down to the wire and we had counted him out back in like October. That is true. Certainly no one should be counted out yet. Uh, one of you will be a winner here. So you will break the tie for second place. And yeah, the, the topic this week is pizza. National Pizza Day. Yeah, I was going to say, I assume because National Pizza Day is coming up, uh, which I'm sure I'll, I'll be celebrating. So so I have five numerical questions and a tiebreaker in front of me. You guys know how this goes. I don't, I don't need to walk you through it. Nerd Bomber, you will go first because ladies first. That's that's chivalry is is not dead. My favorite national pizza, this is a fun fact about me. If people want to put this in their illegal scrapbooks, uh, they're more than welcome to. My favorite national pizza chain, talking talking America, Pizza Hut. I love Pizza really? Hut so much. Oh, big time. Huge Pizza Hut guy. I'm Pan a big, pizza from Pizza Hut. Oh, boy. If I have so to do like fast food pizza, you'll find me at Papa John's. Uh, yeah. If I have to do fast food Papa pizza, John's. you'll find me intoxicated. Papa John's. <laughs> Fair. Papa John's isn't. Is actually my least favorite of the, of the big three. I like Domino's a lot too, but Pizza Hut's my, my my one and only baby. Have I ever told the Papa John's story and why I love Papa John's so much? I feel like you have. They 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 put they decorated a pizza special for you, right? They yeah, they drew a, a cat on the box. Yeah, you definitely have told that story. I don't know if you told <laughs> it on the air, but I I've heard that story a fair few times. How, how many Pizza Hut locations are there worldwide? Worldwide, oh boy, Mister Worldwide, we're going pitbull. I'm going to say here. how many? Eight thousand. Tactic. I think that's. It's a high number, but it's not as high as you think. So I'm going to say one. Guys, Pizza Hut is good. Wait, what's your problem? I'm immediately, I'm angry with both of you. 18,703. Okay, that's a statistic taken from from 2020. So fairly, fairly current. It's so good. Shout out to Pizza Hut. Hey, uh, I currently live in episode, an area where there is no Pizza Hut. So that's why. I'm so do I. It's, it's, it's very sad. But, but Pizza Hut uh, were, you know. This episode was sponsored by Shoes, but we're open to having other sponsors on, and we would welcome your support and any free pizza you have to provide. Uh, also, so, if they want to do like a yeah. book it competition, when I did live in an area with Pizza Hut as a kid, do you remember book, book it's it? The best. Mm, yeah. Of course, read books. Read a book, get, get a free pizza. free personal plan. That's that's a slice of slice of life from my childhood right there. Nerd bomber on the board. It is it is one nothing. How many uh, the rest of these questions? are all very america driven so i apologize to to foreign listeners but uh that's just the, the website i found that has all these facts was very focused on how it be in america so i guess bear that in mind how many slices of pizza are eaten each second in the united states and tactic you of course will lead he's bringing out his phone do we do trust him Walk us through your mentality here as you're doing the math. So at the very minimum, we know that there's 18,000 Pizza Huts in the world. We know there's eight slices of pizza, assuming that they're all diameter. We're going to ignore Sicilian style for a second. And you said per hour? Per minute. How many slices per minute? Jeez. No, sorry. Per second. Per Per second. second. You're, 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 You're throwing me here. How many slices of pizza per second? 
8,640. Okay, that seems like an absurd number, especially for just the United States. I'm I'm not even going to try to sleuth this out. I'm going to say it's like 200 a second because that seems like per second. Come on. <laughs> it's it's 350. Yeah, tactic. I you went a little Okay, you little guys there. You guys uh, have not seen me eat pizza. Okay. I just wish I could see what you were doing on your calculator there. That would have been that would have been fun. <laughs> you have to understand. Uh, yeah, so that when I'm eating a pizza, we'll we'll both be sitting down and Nerdbomb will take her first bite and then she'll look over at me and my plate's clean. Done. Tactic. A lot of the questions that I have left are similar to that, so you, you need to get on your horse here. Uh, so, so 350 slices a second, about two, 21,000 per minute. So Nerdbomber is, is it's two nothing. Here, I'll, uh, Tactic, I'll throw you a bone here. This is a little bit of a different question. When was the first pizzeria opened in the United States? I'm looking for a year. When was the first pizzeria opened in the United States? 1885. I feel like it's earlier than that. When did we become a nation? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right let's back this out uh, i want to i want to hear the thought process i don't right after plymouth rock right after well i don't know when we became a nation so papa john's came up on his boat <laughs> papa john the, hancock this, this is this is embarrassing um, uh but keep keep talking it's good okay good i'm content. gonna say 1805 because i feel like pizza was around and colonists wanted pizza so Lombardi's Pizza in New York City was first opened in 1905. So, uh, Tectic, a boy, you're on the board. I was actually in thinking of Lombardi's. What? I was actually thinking of them. I have their t-shirts as founded in 1905. Do you really? <laughs> no. Oh. Boy, you had her going, though. Uh, okay, so Tactics on the board. It's two to one. It's anybody's game here. This, this is my favorite question on here. I'm just going to throw that out there. What percent of Americans eat pizza on a given day? And uh, Nerdbomber, you are first. Are you? No. Tactic, you're first. No, Nerdbomber, no, you're first. No, it's me. I will say, I'll go with 15%. That seems like a solid number. 16%. Oh, you jerk. He wasted What? One. Thir- 13%. You guys are both really, really like, close. I feel like Americans are really way close. more into pizza. Well, you can, you can back it out. I mean, 13%... Most people, I shouldn't say, most, I don't want to assume too much, but a lot of people are like once a week. They're like it's pizza night. I think that backs out pretty pretty well from thirteen uh, percent. Somewhere fair. between thirteen and fifteen uh, is is how how the math would work. So okay, so it's two to one. We're headed into the last question here. Tactic, you are up first, which means Nerd Bomber is at a distinct advantage. But hey, let's 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 do this thing. The most expensive pizza. I'm scrolling to find the exact. This is I got this huge list of facts here. I need to find the exact. Okay. Master pizza chef Renato Viola creates the most expensive pizza in the world, tastefully called Louis the Thirteenth, at his gourmet pizzeria in Italy. It's topped with lobster, buffalo mozzarella, three types of caviar, squilla mantis, which is apparently a Mediterranean what is shrimp, that? and pink Australian salt. How much does this pizza cost in U.S. dollars? So there's actually an ingredient missing from that, but I don't want to say it because it'll help Nerd Bomber. It doesn't say, but I assume it's like a whole pizza. I don't know how big it is or anything like that. You just kind of have to extrapolate. The pri- For the whole pizza, the price, I believe, I want to say it was like $800. Is that your answer? No. I'm going to say $400 to give me some margin. You have no margin. 401 and I win. Mwahaha. You guys are both, I mean, it's $12,000. So you guys are both way off. Uh, but Nerdbomber, you were ahead anyway, so I'm not that, I'm not that upset. Uh, yeah, it's $12,000. I watched, uh, uh, faint I, of heart. I watched, um, I, th- I want to say it was, I want to say it was like a Mr. Mr. Beast thing. 
I want to, but I don't think that's correct, or, or an epic mealtime thing. But one of them no. had it, and and there's also gold paper that that's put on it as well. Yeah, it's a it's a common thing with rich rich people foods. Uh, my tiebreaker, by the way, world record for the largest pizza. Uh, I'm just going to tell you, 122 feet, eight inches in diameter. There's a picture of this thing on the website I'm on. It's pretty funny. You should look it up. Someone's like standing on the sidelines looking at it. It looks like they made it. They tried to make it on like a hockey rink or something. It's pretty funny. Uh, Nerd Bomber, congratulations. You moved to two and two on the year. Tactic one and three. So look, the year is long. Tactic, I, I believe in you, but not next week because next week I'll be playing and I'll be hopefully uh, defeating you in combat hand so hand to hand combat that brings us as ever to the end of our episode for this week we want to thank you all for joining us sitting down with us chatting with us for a while hit us up on twitter we mentioned our handles earlier in the episode and uh i'll let tactic take us out with the tech tip go ahead so i'm always telling you guys to diversify your portfolio and you guys look to me for investment advice so i'm gonna say invest in balloons they're really really good with inflation thanks for listening see you next week (laughs) Yes. <laughs>